podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scouser Tommy's. This one maybe, maybe it could be a little bit downbeat. Maybe it shouldn't be because maybe it should be quite upbeat still. But this is the one that's been recorded the day after the third part of the attempted quadruple sort of went away. When, despite what we thought was some good news coming from the Etihad, it turned out that in the end, what we thought was probably going to happen anyway on the day happened and Liverpool missed out on the league. But of course, as we just said, four trophies were going for. We've got two, still got another one to aim for. So we shouldn't all be too downbeat. It's been an amazing season. But even so, I think it's fair to say that everyone's feeling a little bit a little bit worse for wear after yesterday. For whatever reason, even if you, even if you just sort of sat and watched the game and didn't do much else. But some people did even more than that, which um, I reckon you'll be able to tell when you listen to Jay. This is Jay Reid now. And he's just about to start speaking. And I reckon it'll give it away a little bit that, that he did more than just watch the game. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I went through a hell of a roller coaster. Um, God, if Liverpool could sort the bloody internet out at the ground, that'd help as well. Um, <laughs> when you're getting news of goals going in and you don't know if it's genuine or not, and three sides of the ground reverberate into madness, and then you find out it's not actually true. That was the killer blow at the end. Um, Whoever that was that kicked that one off, that that fate one. That was brutal. Um, but to be to be fair, yeah. <clears throat> As you can probably tell, I had a very good day and night. Um, plenty of singing and shouting, and there's lots to be proud of. As you said, like you know, we've pushed a team that are cheating the way through the leagues, and we've gone all the way toe to toe with them. We've wrapped up two, and um, one more to come. So I know it's it's probably everyone's feeling a little bit down the dumps, but. You know, we, we, we're we going to clean up everything else. I'm fully confident we'll go next week to Palace and sweep that one up. Um, but I went into yesterday not expecting to win the league. I was fully expecting Villa to be actually turned over quite easily. So the fact he did what he did, obviously just, you know, it's the hope that kills you. As they say, it did raise the, the ambition inside you and you felt like something was going to happen. But in the end, like the inevitable did happen. Um, and once he got one goal, I think great. Especially the people around me, um, friends, I was with people, other fans in the area that I was sat, um, well, stood sorry in the car. Everyone just said, "Oh, that's it! Now they're gonna, they'll, they'll pull us back." And lo and behold, what six minutes it took, and then they were in front, and it was gone. Um, but you know, we had a good day. We've had a good year. We, you can't ask for much more. We played every single game possible, so. We go on to next week and it'll take a couple of days, but I'm sure once we, you know, get closer to the weekend, everyone's feelings and emotions will certainly do a one eighty and be right up for that cup. I think that's the thing, I think I think at the start of the season, especially after the way last season kinda of went, I know it ended on a high getting into the Champions League and stuff, but there wasn't wasn't much to write home about last season and, and if you'd have said to anyone on the first day that that, that on the last day of the season, you'll be disappointed to have missed out on the title by a point, but you'll have two trophies already in the cupboard and another one probably are potentially on the way. I mean, you'd have been saying to yourself, why would you be disappointed? You know, or very disappointed. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be happy. And I think, I think most fans will be. It was just more, for me, I think if we'd, if we'd have drawn yesterday and they, they'd lost, that would have been far more gutting than what oh, yeah. happened, <laughs> you know? Um, and it felt like, you know, there was a, there was a bit where you start wondering, is that going to happen yet? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I felt we would score yesterday. I felt we'd definitely get in front. I actually had a feeling once we got another one back, we'd maybe get two. In the end, I think the final score was what I was predicting once we'd gone one nil down. But I, I mean, I didn't really expect City to, to lose. And 
even at 2-0 down, you're thinking they're just that kind of team that that just keep going. You know, as much as we have been in a lot of ways. And, and no matter how much Steven Gerrard and, and Phil Coutinho still have a soft spot for Liverpool and how much they want to they wanna try and stop City, it's still the end of their season. That They're still not putting lives on the line kind of ways of going into games are these, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, that's, that's what we've got to look at for next season is, you know, try and get ahead of them earlier, try and, yeah. try and get, you know, try and get a gap going by Christmas and try and keep on top of it. Then, then you're not hoping for people who are sort of already sort of putting their feet up, you know, not relying on them. And that's, that's with all due respect to any other team, because I wouldn't expect them. And at least, at least Villa put a full team out. I mean, I was, I was laughing a bit yesterday because I saw the the lineup for the Everton game. They were away to Arsenal, and they had like a reserve keeper on. They, they hadn't got Richarlison playing. I mean, I don't know whether they're injured or if he just decided to rest them. But that game, in the end, it was it didn't matter because Tottenham won their game. But that game could have been a sort of decider for fourth place. And I can imagine the uproar if Tottenham had lost and they'd missed out on the Champions League because because Everton played such a, a weakened team. But um, you know, maybe maybe Everton were just worn out after all their exploits in the week. Oh yeah, did you not know they uh, they they stayed up? Um, seems to be the big big issue um, <laughs> right around us, especially while I was in work and the game was going on. There was uh, a lot of tension. <laughs> I think it's the best way to describe it when when Palace went two 0 up. As you can imagine, there was a lot of reds uh, rubbing their noses right in it, but. As it transpired, even if they'd lost that game, they would have stayed up. Um, they'd just done enough. And, you know, I was one of the Liverpool fans who did want them to go down. Um, I feel like they need a reality check. And I feel like if they if they had gone down, it would be a few years. Um, and, of course, you, you'd miss the derby and stuff. But, you know, if you know, if you can rub you know, the, your neighbours' noses in it, you're always going to want to do that. So, you know, they, they would have stayed up anyway. I think the... Fair play to them. They, they did enough in, in games that nobody really expected to get anything from, especially like Chelsea and like Leicester away. I, I don't think you would have put your house on Everton getting the second win of the season away from home at Leicester um, and beating Chelsea as much as Chelsea have been up and down. Still, they're still a top team. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Frank will have a statue. I'm sure the dog will be paraded around the streets of Goodison like we're parading our trophies next weekend. So, if that's what they want to do, then you know, let them do that because you know all this stuff that they've given us in the past about copyright behaviour and welcoming buses and flares and oh, having yeah. Yeah. having artists that sing songs for you and stuff and you know creating the the famous atmosphere. Oh, lo and behold, you have just gone and done exactly the same, but it's okay because it's Everton and it's it's what we do and we were born that way. We weren't manufactured into it, as they all say, but. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've got six points in the bag next season. That's the way I see it. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I, I, I mean, this, this is the kind of like. I think I said. I mean, I said I didn't really want him to go down because I was thinking of the people I knew who were who were all right. You know, good mates and that. Who I, I know they'd have been devastated. And and football's a thing that distracts you from real the real world and all the rest of it. So I'd have been I'd have been gutted for them. But listening to some of the stuff, or or more probably reading some of the stuff, especially on social media since then. Uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't have felt sorry for some of the stuff I've seen. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad they stayed up because it is a laugh for us twice a season, quite often. I think what's happened is the kind of... If if you were running a club like Everton and you're thinking, God, we're not selling any season tickets like we should be. We're, we're not selling out the ground like we should be. The merch isn't going out the door like it should be. We're, we're basically not as good as that other team across the way, even though I don't say that out loud. How How can I get people through the door? Well, they've just come up with a brainwave, haven't they? Like, head towards relegation, make it so that you've got to survive. That was like their cup final. I've never seen them so excited for a game. It's Apart from derby matches when they're trying to beat us, they've no other finals in a season. And now, they just had a few at the end. So, you know, they, they've enjoyed it. They've kind of got a taste of what we, what we have and what we've had and all those exciting times that we've been through just in a different way for them because it's down down at the wrong end of the table. But some of the stuff I saw um, about how great a club they are and what great fans they are and all the rest of it. And the thing that made me laugh most about that was if they were such great fans, they probably, in my view, wouldn't have got into that position because that stadium wouldn't have been so hostile towards its own manager and its own players for a good chunk of the season the way it was. Because... I don't care what anyone says. Liverpool play better when we're all behind them, when we're all shouting and singing, when we are the 12th man. If your 12th man is giving you abuse, 
it's just, just not going to work. You know, it's that thing about when you see the stereotype dad on a touchline at a kid's game shouting and swearing at his kid for not doing something perfectly. And the poor kid's confidence just goes completely. And, you know, and coaches want, want people to be banned, want, want dads to be banned from the touchline because of the interference they do. That was Everton. Like, I don't know how many were there. I'd say 20,000 Evertonians in there, just, just on their own players' backs like that. And yet they, they call themselves these, these great fans. And, best friends. you know, I think you're saying they need a reality. Best in the world, they were saying. That's what they were saying. That we were the best fans in the world. Yeah. Like, for 30, what, 32 games, I'd say. 30 games. Like, they only really got bothered in the last eight games. For 30 games, they literally booed and abused the players. Yeah. And as you say, like, the, the focus of the hate was at Rafa Benitez. He says, OK, everyone knew it was probably a, a poison chalice of a job anyway. But he took the job. And unfortunately, like, you've just got to get behind the fellow. We had Roy Hodgson. Like, no one knew. Everybody knew he was not right for us. But you get behind the team. You don't... You just deal with the fact that, OK, he might not be the guy you want. But the 11 lads on the pitch in the red shirts or in the blue shirts and their, their half... Like you've just got to back them, and you know, as you say, it, it, it it's it's crazy to say. Like they, they literally like some of the comments saying they we we would never understand. Of course, you wouldn't because we've not been in relegation battles. Like, yeah. and we we we'd swap all your quadruple hunting trophies for for what we had on Thursday night to, to invade the pitch and abuse Patrick Vieira and you know do everything else that you did. Like, I I, I was so so happy and proud in the fact that. That's just not what we would do. Had we had won the league yesterday, you might have had a couple of idiots get on the pitch, but a mass invasion like what you've seen there and what you've seen in lower league um, playoff games and stuff, it's just not what we do. We, we're better than that and we, we know we are. And that's the difference, I think, between us and them is, you know, they're, they're concentrated bits of little people in their own small world and everything's against them and it's all for vitriol and hatred. And we're just football people. We know what football is and that for me is the difference for them it's it's it's, it's life and death like about you know everything has to happen the Everton way and if it doesn't then the world's against them but we just you know we'll get on with what happened yesterday and pick ourselves up dust ourselves down we've been we've been through enough in, the, in this world and enough from you know governments and establishments that you know we, we know what to do. We'll, we'll look after ourselves. We'll close ranks a little bit. We'll make sure everyone around us is okay. And then we'll go again. And that's just how, how we've done it for years and years and how we'll carry on doing it. And that's what makes us different from them. That's it. And I think that I've said it over and over and over again. The, the thing that I find most refreshing, I found most refreshing about Klopp from the beginning was that his whole attitude was, was different to stuff we'd, we'd started to let see even creep into our game at the club uh, at Anfield that, that you kind of you can end up ending a game without winning and looking for someone else to blame you know looking for a scapegoat and that's all well and good and sometimes refs are bad well sorry every game going refs are bad sometimes even the really bad but you can't kind of always blame it because in, in, in reality everyone has the same dodgy pathetic substandard referees and we've all got to put up with the fact that Every single game you play, there's going to be a goal that either shouldn't have been or should have, you know, one that disallowed that should have been. It's going to happen almost every game. And what you've got to do is you've got to pick yourselves up straight after that happens and go again and try and get another goal. And just, you know, it doesn't matter what the cause of the goal was. If you need to just go at the other end and get yourself a goal and get ahead again or get level again. And it seems like Everton are just constantly blaming other people. And that's all they've done, probably. I'm guessing all your lifetime. I mean, I can still remember when they were winning things. And then it stopped. And since then, they've basically either blamed us, blamed referees. Some of them seem to think the referees are, are kind of paid by us. It's it's the, the ultimate heights of paranoia at times. And I think what you said about them, if they'd have gone down, it would have been a reality check. I think... I think in a way that's what that's what they needed. You're right, they needed that reality check and they've not had it. Now maybe if they could just put the brakes on the way they speak for just five minutes, they'd realise that was a reality check. They just escaped. That was a massive warning because they were literally inches away from going down probably. You know, it would have been so easy for them for a couple of those late results not to work out, a win 
a win they got could have been a draw and it could have easily been them going down and I don't think they'd have recovered from that for a long time I think they need to think about that and think about what they can do to get back that's that's if they're bothered but if if they're quite happy to sit around and thinking what great fans they are because the way they the way they got behind the team finally for the last few games before they got nearly got relegated then so be it and I think the thing about football is it's meant to make people happy and I think I, think I, I put this on Twitter yesterday. There's so many people happy with stuff yesterday. I think Evertonians were glad that we didn't win the quadruple while they're still basking in the glory of their avoiding relegation. Man City fans were obviously happy and fair play we'd be if we were in the same position as them. And, you know, Man United fans were happy as well because for some reason the most hated rivals nearby were the ones that, that won out over the more hated rivals a bit further away. And for some reason, they were delighted that the season ended with us only having two out of the three trophies so far and them down in sixth. But they're happy. So that's what football does. It's made them happy. And I feel feel happy for them. And I'm sure they'll enjoy their time down in sixth because unless things change for Man United, they're going to spend a long time there. A bit like we did. And it's not a nice place to be. As much as we used to kind of get really excited about going for a Champions League spot, that's not... We've tasted something different now, haven't we? Champions League spots are great, but that's not what you set out at the start of the season for. I think what's weird with them is... United now, this is... um, It it sort of typifies, like, what City are doing doesn't mean nothing. Like, we know they're cheating. Everybody knows they're cheating. um, And they're rinsing the club with money through their owners... um, I mean, they, they threw away 100 million on Jack Grealish and he's literally done nothing. Um, they threw away, what, 250 million is going to be on Erling Haaland and the deal all in together. However, people who support Man City will tell you they got a bargain of 51 million or whatever it was um, because we just don't count. You don't pay these players anymore. You don't pay agents. You don't pay his dad and stuff like that. But um, I mean, he, the likelihood that the form book says he's going to be a success, he's going to score goals regardless. But I think we touched on it previously that He's not going to make them any better because you know they, they win most of the games anyway. They might win six 0 instead of winning three 0 or something like that. But the fact that United are happy with them to win trophies says more about Man City as well, I think, than it does about. Well, it says a lot about United that how far they've fallen, but it says a lot about Man City that your closest rivals, your neighbours from you know across the city, aren't bothered if you win the league. I I could never put myself in a situation where. I would be happy for Everton to win something at, you know, Man United's expense. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Like, it, it, it shows how far they've fallen. And as you say, like, we've been down in sixth and we've been lingering around the, what, what is now the Europa League? It used to be um, the UEFA Cup and stuff. And, you know, football on Thursday nights, as, as much as people say, like, it's still European football, it's not, it's not great. It, it does mess your season up. Thursday to Sunday is somehow the psychological effect because you're always playing catch up on everybody else um, it's, it's it's not it's not ideal but as as with Everton they, they've got a lot of problems top to bottom and it's not going to be fixed overnight it's took what United now 10 years I think it is or something like that since Fergie left maybe 12 or something like that I can't remember um, and about 5 or 6 managers and they're still going backwards because Fergie knew it was it was all falling apart. He, he got his title and he ran out the door as quick as he could. And even though he's still pulling the strings in the background, he knows it's a it's a failing project. And as with Everton, it's it's a project that you know they've got pictures of a shiny stadium and a dock that's full of sand, and, and that's what <laughs> they've got to show for. Like, they've not they've not competed in any way. And as you, as you touched on, it's they live for two cup finals a year, which is games against us and. More in recent case than not, like, they lose them cup finals. Like they, they might get a draw and they, they'll celebrate it. Like they've they've stopped us from winning the league or something. Like you know, I, I don't know. I, I sometimes sit there and think like, what, what would it be like to to live in other parts of the world or other parts of the country and how it must be growing up and supporting other teams. Like you know, no disrespect, but like smaller teams. If you grew up in in Mansfield, for example, or Paul Fail because they're relevant playing a, a playoff game this weekend. Like, it must be such a such a different experience as a football fan, and, you know, to to follow your club and get through the leagues and stuff like that. That 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 should be all and end all. But you know that that's 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 a smaller club. But you you are invested fully in life, and we're just a bigger club on a bigger scale, invested fully in life. And for some reason, Everton fans and United are going the same. 
they're invested in what we're doing, not what they what they are doing themselves. It's it's an odd way to live. Like you know, you you don't like your rivals, of course, but whatever we do seems to impact them more than what it does to us. It's 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 a crazy way to live. Like just just seeing the reaction on social media last night and today, like okay, we didn't win the league. We didn't. Any, any honest Liverpool fan didn't expect to win the league yesterday because we all knew Villa going the Etihad was likely to be a City win. Therefore, we couldn't win the league. We know, but what I think we know where we lost the league. We dropped points in draws. I think we lost it in games against the likes of Manchester City, Chelsea, and Tottenham. We drew all six of them games home and away. That for me is where you lose the league because you'd expected to beat the teams below you, yeah. the teams around you. That's where you got you got to win that little mini league as it is as such. It used to be we were brilliant at that, and against the rest of the league we were always slipping up and you know dropping needless points. I know we we drop points to the likes of Brentford and Brighton and West Ham and Leicester and stuff like that. But those things can happen across the season. It, it happens for every club. But if you can't win your battles against the, your rivals, then I'm sorry, like that for me is unfortunately where we've let ourselves down and. You, you can't pinpoint and say well, that's cost us, but they, they were the moments I think where had we have come out of those games with one or two wins rather than draws, it would have probably been the, the deciding points that we needed. Yeah, and I think if you if you win your home game, and that's the kind of thing we probably would have done in the past, we'd have definitely won the home game, maybe a draw or even a defeat in the away game. But you think about it, if you if you draw both the games, say against Chelsea, you get two points. If you win one and lose one, you get three. And you know we need to we need to turn those draws into wins. And I think the kind of the kind of approach Klopp's taken and his team have taken in recent years that's the kind of thing they're going to look at. I am sure they're going to look at what they need to do to change that, how to how to turn it around. And and I just think they will. The only thing is, obviously, you, football never stands still. And as much as Liverpool make changes and tweaks and do things to move on and move forward, everyone else will be trying to. Um, another one quickly to touch on with all of this as well is I think it's funny that the team I saw yesterday so many Chelsea fans kind of in league with Man City and you think well they've got a lot in common haven't they they've kind of got money from you know oil oil stained money from places that let's face it haven't got the best you know the best reputations in the international community they're not they're not people you'd what you class yourself as proud to be owning your club and yet you kind of see, I saw quite a bit of sort of Chelsea fans sort of supporting City as well. But as I say, there's just that, you know, they're all, they're all together. They're all in the same kind of sport washing union, maybe. Um, I'm sure sadly, sadly for that club, Newcastle might even be one a bit like that next season too. But I think one thing just to, to kind of finish on in that side of things is really, it's so Everton to have been taken over by, honestly, it wasn't Russian money behind it. I'm sure it was, wasn't it? They got took over by an oligarch, and look what's happened. I mean, could anyone else but Everton do that? No, it's just like, you know, I think you speak to Evertonians, obviously, we both know a lot of people who support Everton, and as we've talked on before, if you get them on their own, they're genuinely honest, and like you can have a decent conversation with them, and as you say, it's the pack mentality when they get together, all of a sudden something switches in the head, and they become this angry better blue nose and everything is against them. But they always say only Everton can do this, like, you know, like throw games away. Like last weekend, um, lose to Brentford at home and get two men sent off to like like that's just so Everton. And the thing is we laugh about it because we know it is. Like we've seen the form book so many times it's happened yeah. year on year. And I should say only them could get taken over and spend, you know, millions and on millions and as it transpires, they've spent it illegally or they've overspent it, as our via want to um, word it. Um, they, they've, not, they've not played by the rules. And we know City and Chelsea and Newcastle eventually will not play by the rules. But Newcastle, even this season, have gone upwards. The trajectory is going in the right direction. Everton have gone completely the opposite <laughs> way. And like, all you can do is laugh. Like, you don't... You don't condone what's going on, but like at least Chelsea and City fans can say, like, you know, well look what we've won. Like it's wrong that they've done it that way. But at the end of the day, football is is about winning in the in the big in the big ten in the big end of the game. So they've got trophies in the cabinet, and whether you agree or disagree with how it's been done, they've they've won. So you just have to swallow that pill and get on with it. But you know what. 
Everton have gone completely the way that Dave won as a dog through, walking through the streets on someone's shoulders like <laughs> while they're trying to bring a bus through when there's, you know, all this copyright behaviour of flares and singing songs, you know, how how dare they? Um, you know, I, I, was, I was fully expecting the dog to be on the pitch on Thursday night when they won and being paraded round. So, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a laughable thing and the thing is they're, they're happy with Frank Lampard and everyone knows, even... I don't even know if they know themselves, but everybody else in the football world knows he's not a good manager. He took Derby nowhere. He got them to the playoffs, but he, he didn't achieve the end goal. He took took Chelsea backwards and left, and then he went on to win the European Cup. Like he took Everton from 16th to 16th um, and got the same amount of points that Rafa Benitez, says the man who you're all hated did. So yeah, like, if they want to persist with him. We are more than happy to oblige. If you want to slap a four-year contract on him as Rio Ferdinand says, put it down, give him what he wants, let him sign it, because we are just happy, like we were with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, to sit exactly. back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, that's the name that sticks in your head, isn't it? I think all these things with Everton, like the time there was a derby, and I think they, they scored it. I think, I think they lost in the end. They must have done, because they hardly ever beat us. And I think they used a bit of pyro. You know, copite behaviour. So one of them threw some smoke bomb, but it was purple. Instead of red, instead of blue, you know, yeah. they obviously picked the wrong one in the shop. And that, that, and I know every something like this happens. You just think of that thing they like to say, Everton, aren't we? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time something like that happens, you think, yeah, Everton, you are. And um, yeah, I just love it. Just, just again, sort of something that sort of hit the the headlines today to some extent because it's been hitting the headlines for a few days from different games is pitch invasions. I know you were saying that someone was, was speaking about it in, in Discord as well, what we think of it and stuff. I mean, personally, I had a little bit of a moan on Twitter last night because, in my view, pitch invasions are one of the reasons, the one maybe the biggest reasons why we had fences around football grounds, one of the reasons why Ken Bates, who was the chairman of Chelsea at the time, decided to put an electric fence around the terrace at his ground um, probably at the way end, from what I can remember, to stop people. Not only could they not, if they did climb up, they'd have a, a a belt like as if they were cattle, you know, as if like a cattle fence would have electricity on it. And that's because the people who who hated the sort of, if you like, working class fan at the time, or even just hated the game, just saw working class fans as animals, basically. Just because there was a, a few who were bad, don't get me wrong, but most people weren't. They were all treated, we were all treated like animals and we saw what, what that eventually led to in 1989 and eventually um, they brought the fences down as a result of that but they kind of made it a deal if you like to say well you can have no fences but you've got to have all seated you know and all the top flight um, all the sort of upper divisions have to have all seated stadiums because they decided that if you sat down you better behave finally they've realized that's not the case it doesn't make a lot of difference yet just as we start to see that bit of a concession that say standing can come in and although it had nothing to do with it straight away there's people doing pitch invasions at different games this this past week or two and i don't know it just feels to me like they've either they've forgotten what happened they don't know what happened or they don't care what happened and why those fences went up can you not just sort of stay on your side of the pitch and then just one one quick more thing from me on it is Man City straight out said, oh, we're sorry someone um, injured an Aston Villa player in the pitch invasion. If we find that person, we'll ban that person. What about the other 20,000 people or whatever it was that came on the pitch? Are you doing anything about them? Are you going to tell them anything about it? Say anything to them? Educate them? Did you educate them when they booed the national... The, sorry, that's something that'll come on to a minute. When they booed the minute silence for the during the, the game at Wembley against Liverpool? You know, it's it's just... You need to start telling people it's wrong because if you don't, they're not going to know. And I know there's always people who do stuff, whether it's right or wrong, anyway. But not everyone does that. And unless you start making out that this is not right, it's going to carry on. Yeah, I, I think I heard something last week from Simon Jordan for all he's worth on, on Talksport, and he says a lot of stuff. And sometimes he gets the nail on the head. To be fair to the fella, and he was. Uh, Commenting on the Nottingham Forest Sheffield United situation where the fan ran on and literally assaulted Billy Sharp in a brutal attack. Um, and he said, like, these fellas who are playing football, that's their workplace. Mm. If somebody comes into your workplace, your office, where your factory, your shop, or whatever, and literally invaded your workspace and assaulted you, like, it's it's a criminal offence. It's wrong. Like, this is where these guys go to work. Like, 
you don't expect people to storm your office and you know cause chaos and havoc and that that's literally what's happening and I I don't condone pitch invasions I as I said before there may have been a few idiots got on a pitch at Anfield but I just don't think it's what we do um, and it would have been eradicated quickly and there was certainly a lot of security and police presence around the perimeter of the pitch come the 85th minute like should anything positive come out of yesterday in terms of like, obviously winning the league but yeah it, it's it feels like people are still living in the dark days and the dark ages and this football tribalism and I know the game is going a certain way with money and stuff and it's not the game that a lot of people fell in love with I get that I totally do but seems like people are trying to be so rebellious and so anti-modern football that they're going back to the dark days and doing things that was deemed acceptable back then and did he, as you say did he not realise what happened and I think the only thing that maybe can now come of this is if, if teams are having issues with fans throwing flares on the pitch and I know we're, we're famous for pyrotechnics and flares and stuff but we we tend to keep it out the ground especially at Anfield you don't really see many there was a one or two I think that, that went off yesterday but you're always going to get these small minority of idiots as you've said but we keep it out the ground I know at Wembley last week there was a lot that went off but it went off at the end and it all was done in a in a positive celebration way Everton was scoring the other day or getting decisions and throwing flares on the pitch and stuff and I don't want to keep bringing them up but <laughs> I think the only the only solution or answer for, for what's going on and teams that are allowing fans to invade the pitches they play behind closed doors like you say okay well if that's what you just want to do and you just can't behave you just aren't allowed in it's oh, simple as that and you, you're harming your own team because we all seen how bad football was last year and I think hmm. that that's got to be the start of the the answer because if that's what that's what it's going to take to as you say educate these people whether they'll actually learn or not is another thing but you say okay fine you have now got a six game stadium ban and you're not allowed any fans in and, and then see how you feel and I'm sure then if there's enough sensible people amongst the idiots you know you'll start to say look behave yourself don't get on the pitch because look we want to be here as much as Everton and City you know don't really support the team as much as they could do in the ground. They go there, they pay their honest money to see the team play football at the end of the day. Or they might want to boo them, they might want to abuse them, but the, the underlying goal is to, to go and watch that team. And if you're not allowed in, then eventually you will get some sort of self-policing, you would hope anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm not calling for this at all. Uh, maybe something not not something you don't do something like this retrospectively in my view, but you could definitely say maybe bring it in from far from now on. But it would have been so funny if the FA turned round and said just to show how much we're against the pitch invasions that have started to creep back into the game, we've decided that anyone who's had a pitch invasion in the last few weeks is going to have three points docked. And it would have been, you know, yesterday's outcomes would have been the league table wouldn't have looked the same at all in, in at least the top end and the bottom end, would it? I'm not saying they should dot points now because but something's got to be done because the clubs that have to take it seriously and I think the clubs would take it seriously if you're suddenly going to find that you could miss out on a league title a European place staying in the division that you're in a playoff spot whatever if you have a pitch invasion then I think they will take it more seriously because it's you know I mean clubs are getting points docked for, for going into administration because some absolute buffoon took over that that club didn't really like the club and it just left them in a mess. And all those fans are having to see... I mean, I feel sorry for Derby County. You know, all those supporters are seeing their side relegated and relegated and, you know, basically having a season where they haven't got a chance of doing anything in it. You know, they're, they're in a survival battle from day one because of what some owner in the past did that's now moved on. So, you know, if you're going to dot points, I genuinely don't wouldn't have an issue if the FA said that starting from next season, if it, if it happens again, you'll lose points and we'll decide how many. And then, as you say... Uh, play behind closed doors even does it, I know it would be hard to please but there's even part of me thinks if you're at home and you're playing behind closed doors it's not quite closed doors because the away fans can come in you know and make it it'd be like you're playing away then but they just got to do something and I think the first thing they've got to do is just take it seriously and Man City saying we're just going to catch the person who did that and we don't like <coughs> the person who did that is almost saying but the rest of you you carry on invading the pitch all you like don't worry about breaking the goals it's not like we can't afford new ones and that's just frustrating and I think 
that also leads me on quickly to something else that was raised on the Discord, and it's something I think we said we talk about it. I mentioned it on Raw. Um, it's it's that when we played in the FA Cup final, the national anthem got booed, and Tories and Royalists and all kinds of people got really upset about it. And it was sort of there were polls on GMB or whatever it's called these days. Um, you know how how dare they? How dare they boo the national anthem? But does any? Do you think anyone has ever? Do you think many of them have stopped to ask why? Do, does that? Do many people understand why we do that? No, and I think it's a word that you brought up a few times, even today. It's education. Mm. It's, it's 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 very simple. Like if you were educated enough to understand why we do it, because there's all with everything in life, there's always a reason behind things. And like if you if you want to know why something happens. Go and find out the information behind it. Go and find a background. And it doesn't take a genius to Google search like, why Liverpool fans boo the national anthem. It's it's something that's gone on since, what, the 80s or something like that. So it's nothing new. It's not like all these people, oh, my God, Liverpool have booed the national anthem. They're a disgrace to Prince William and whatever. Well, it's happened before. There's, there's been games where we've played and the national anthem's not being played. When we played Cardiff in the Carlin Cup final in 2012, I think it was, because Cardiff are Welsh and yeah. they're openly anti-establishment as well. There was there was no there was no national anthem played. Like you know, go go and go and dig up that one and and look into why. Because you know, it's not just Liverpool. It's it, it was Cardiff. Like in games where Swansea have played, there's been no national anthem because they know it's going to be widely received in a negative aspect and. If there's a lot of people who are asking questions as to why we do it, and you know the, the, the simple answer is like we we've always felt as people from the poorest scousers as a city that we are different to everybody else. Like we we pride ourselves on it, um, and it's because of the way we've been treated, like from the establishments, the governments, that we've been forced into this situation where we were we were we were neglected. As as a as an area of the country, I, it was I managed to climb with the words, and it went on and it went on, and even now, like Pep's about to play, the media loves us. Everyone in 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 the country wants Liverpool to win the league. You, you saw how the reality fell because everyone in the country hates us. That's why they they come to Anfield every week and they sing songs about poverty and they mock us. And as soon as we've sung some things back, or booed or disrespected anthems. It's a national outcry, and you think, well, this is exactly what we're saying. Like we're getting so much shit thrown at us. When we throw a little bit back, you don't like it. So we're just going to close ranks and and be ourselves and look after ourselves. And you know, maybe there might have been one or two people who who witnessed the the situation at Wembley and might go away and say, like, well, that that wonder why they do that, and this is why we do it. Um. And I'm sure probably if Everton fans went to Wembley once in a lifetime that they probably do the same thing. As I say, the Welsh teams do it. Mm-hmm. And there's other areas of the country that were under the same situation that we were. However, don't know if they had the you know, the ability or the minerals to stand up and say, Well, we're gonna do something about it and display our displeasure about it because that's what we do. Like and it'll never stop, it'll never change because you've only got to look at like current governments like Liverpool wouldn't be where it is without the EU, without the capital of culture money back in 2008 that regenerated the whole city. We'll do things on our own two feet. We'll we'll back ourselves to, to do what we need to do in our own way because we're not asking for, for handouts because we're not going to get them. We'll just have to do it in any way that we can and it'll always be that way. We, we're fully aware of you know what, what's going to transpire if the, if the current people stay in office that it's a it's a managed decline that's just taking place right now. It's just not being labelled that. And we're fully aware of that. That's why we have sort of like food banks and collections every single week. We're one of the biggest contributors to food banks around the country when our fans go away. It shouldn't have to be like that, but it's just what, we, what we've what got to do to look after ourselves. And again, like some people might not understand it, some people might not agree with it, but just it's if you grew up and you live in the city or you, you're connected to the city in any way, it's just... How you how you're brought up as a person, you you're educated in this way of thinking, and 
it, some people might deem that wrong, but it's just what we've got to do to make sure we get by. And if if our friends and family and the people close to you are okay, then that's okay for us. I think that's the thing as well. Though it's like we we we're all. I mean, the idea that everyone in Liverpool's at, at, at in, in poverty that's not true there's a lot of people in liverpool who are doing okay they, you know they're doing well for themselves there's the idea that liverpool there's no one got a job and all that sort of stuff that all those old stereotypes there's people who are doing really well for themselves in liverpool but the thing is my experience on the whole is that people who are doing well for themselves in liverpool look after people who aren't whereas people in other parts of the country a lot of them especially the ones who are singing all these these you know, mocking of poverty type songs in, in, in the crowd. They're the kind of people who must be doing all right for themselves. How else could they afford to go to a game? They must be doing all right for themselves. But rather than sort of looking to help anyone else, they're just looking down on anyone else who's, who's having a bad time. And you never know what's around the corner in your life, no matter how well you think you do. And you just don't know what's around the corner and whether you could be finding yourself in a situation like that at some point. And I'm not saying that's the reason why people look after each other. They just do it because it's just, it's just how it is. It's kind of, you just, it's just sort of, it's an instinct that you look after other people. You don't just sort of step over them because they're in your way or whatever like that. You do what you can to help people. It's, it's heartbreaking sometimes what you have to see and, and you, and you, it's heartbreaking. You can't do more to help people sometimes, but you'll do what you can. And I think, I think that, that whole kind of thing, you, you probably don't remember a time when the national anthem was, was met. I can't remember us sort of singing along to the national anthem particularly. Um, it's just it's just not us and it's not it's not even necessarily about the queen i i don't really think oh my god queen elizabeth platinum jubilee yeah that's who this thing this song's for that song reminds me of of margaret thatcher that song reminds me of of the fa and the way they mistreated us that song reminds me of england fans booing john barnes when he was playing for england at wembley that that song reminds me of of all kinds of things and i think you mentioned about us being part of the eu as well another thing about liverpool i feel is that it's a city that everybody pretty much in the city can trace the roots back in some way to another part of the world you know i mean the name scouse comes from that scandinavian dish lobscouse doesn't it and um, there's a massive massive irish community in liverpool you know so many people in liverpool have got irish heritage and the way the Irish were treated by the British down the years is something a lot of people in Liverpool have a hell of a lot of sympathy for. Stuff that, that those who don't want you booing the National Anthem don't want you even mentioning. When I was at school, it, and there was no internet and stuff, you had, there was no way you could find out what the troubles were, were about, what had started it, what what the real reason was behind them. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be told but in school, you wouldn't be told... You know, you couldn't go to the library and get a, a book that told it you independently. And when you looked in the media, it was always biased in a way, you know, looking after what the British government thought of it. And it was just, as, as you go on, you think, and again, this kind of comes back to education. You're curious, you're thinking, this doesn't add up. Why is this happening? This does not add up. Why would people do that? And you go and have a look and you find out. And eventually, eventually people start talking to each other and eventually maybe you can get peace, which I know the Tories are trying to mess up again now with the Brexit and the Northern Ireland Protocol and all the rest of it. But again, this, this is what, this is what you're up against. And I think if you're not from this part of the, this, the city, uh, this part of the country or even this part of the world, that maybe just have a look and see whether that's happening around your way. If you're doing well for yourself, you know, good on you. I'm glad for you. But. You know, just have a look. Is there anyone else who needs a bit of help? Can you can you help them? Try and have that kind of attitude. And if you have that, I reckon you'll do well. Because to think how good Liverpool looks now as a city, the, the, I mean, it, it looks. I mean, I'm I, I'm proud to see that city. I'm proud to take photos of that city and show them off and and stuff like that. Because it's it's so much the way it's come on is so good. And if Liverpool can do that after the way we were we were basically shit on for years that just tells you what you can do if you all work together and that's what i think as a city we've done we don't we don't hate everyone else in the world we just don't like people who aren't the right kind of people do we no and i think the, the ironic thing is a lot of people want to come to Liverpool because it's it's such a good place you you'll you'll often find people who come on hen do's stag do's holidays whatever because there's there's things to see there's things to do and you know, if you put these people down one one to one, nine times out of ten, they'll always say, "Oh, yeah, it's a great city. The people are lovely. You know, really friendly, welcoming. You can have a conversation, which you don't get in other parts of the country." And you know, like we we connect ourselves with people like like Geordies from obviously from Newcastle and like Scots and Irish, like with that sort of similar lifestyle and personality approach. That 
it's it's just weird the way like people say, oh yeah, it's a really good city. However, when it comes down to like football and and mocking you as people, we'll do that as well because you know that's just that's just how we are. So I think it's funny, it's banter, but it's not. But the thing is, we're used to it, and at this point in time, like it's it's not a surprise anymore. And I think we've touched on it across the season, like stuff that we've we've had sung at us and said about us. So you know. It, it it it's just funny that when we actually do something back, the, the national outcry, the national out, outrage about it, and you know, as you say, you ironically bring up the, the platinum jubilee, which is next week. I seen someone's tweet and was like, you know, we we use all have use all be happy to take the bank holiday off work, and someone's quick wish reply was, I thought we don't work in Liverpool, you know? yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's it, like you know. These idiots are quick enough to try and slag us, but our sarcasm and our quick wit has stung you right in the tail there because, you know, you've not got an answer for that. Because on one hand, you say you're trying to mock us in any other way possible. And then when we come back with them and say, you've got no answer for us. And it's just what makes us such such good people, such a, such a good place to live. And bringing it back to the football club, it's such a, a good time to be a red. Like, we, we've been through the shit we've been through the mire we've seen you know Roy Hodgson managed the club in whatever way he tried to do management <laughs> um, and you know the dross that he bought in we, we've we've lived through times of watching Paul Kinchesky and Charlie Adam in a Liverpool shirt attempt to play football we, we deserve what we've got now we've we've been at the lowest of the lows it seems and you know we've even even taken it back to as you say it held for the real dark days of football and that was you don't get any lower than that and it's what bonded us as a club it's what bonded us as a city what bonded us as people so right now bloody enjoy what we've got because yeah. we, we've waited a long time for this. I've, I've never seen us lift a league in my lifetime until that you know false ceremony and that was the one thing that's like that's a little bit gut on is like we've won everything else I've seen us win everything else in a proper environment just to to win the league with fans and, and and do it as a as people as a as a club, that's that's just the one thing we're missing. And you know, I'm fortunate enough to be going to Paris next week. I've been fortunate enough to go to Wembley this season and, and see us lift trophies. And hopefully next week we continue that and we lift a big one because we value that just as much as anything else. But God, I just want us to win that league once and yeah. and be there and see it as fans because it just feels like that'll be the the crown on top of everything. I know yourself and other people of older generations have witnessed that and deep down, people always say, you just need to see that and you've done it. Then you've then you've, you've witnessed it all and it's greatness and you've really got to enjoy this moment because as quick as it can come, it can go away. We just start to look at Man United. Like, yeah. they, they had all that glory and all of a sudden it's gone. The rug's been swept under the feet and we, we really need to relish and enjoy the moment we've got now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no matter what it is, whether it's football or just life in general, if you if good things are happening, enjoy them because you don't know how long you've got them for. And it was interesting one of the things you said that one thing that's missing in our case it's winning the league in front of fans. In City's case, it's winning the Champions League because they still haven't done it, which is quite funny. Um, I mean, Aston Villa have won the European Cup more than they have. That's that's you know Nottingham Forest have won the European Cup more than they have. So, but we've won it six times. And as you just mentioned, Paris is coming up. Um, the last game of what's been a momentous season. And we had no Fabinho. Salah could only come on late on. Van Dijk stayed on the bench. We've maybe, you know, we've played every game we possibly could. Things are starting to take take the toll. And there's a little bit of me yesterday worrying that maybe when it comes to the Champions League, it'll just be one game too far. But then... I just saw how we kind of rallied during that game as it went on. I think there's still some uh, there's still some fuel in those legs yet for another another battle, and we own Real Madrid one, don't we? Oh yeah, boy! I Mo Salah's obsessed with it, and <laughs> I think it was good that he come off the bench yesterday and he got a goal. It went, from what I remember, it went the prettiest goal. Um, I don't remember much from yesterday. I'd have to unfortunately put myself through the agony of match of the day probably to watch, um, but. He needed that goal more than anyone because he's been been so obsessed with like trying to score, and I think it's it's got into his head. He's had a lot of negatives this season with like with his national team, and 
it's it's weighing him down. Whether the the contract situation is also playing a part, he he needed just a little bit of you know one to go in off your backside, as they say, and a scruffy goal to go in. And he's tried so hard in games. I think recently that it's sometimes been to our detriment that he's that obsessed with wanting to score and wanting to do do well that sometimes he's missing players in better positions and that's not a knock on the fella because he's been unbelievable one of the best players I've seen for us but I think he's on a one-man mission next weekend to to win that European Cup and if he was seriously injured he would have been doing every ounce of rehab every hour that he could to get back for next week because he feels as though it's a personal vendetta that he's got to get these back and it it it's poetic that we've we've reached Paris. It's Real Madrid. We've been there in '81, and you know, we, along the way, they've seen off the sports washing clubs in Chelsea and Paris Saint Germain and Man City, and you know, it they can't do one more surely. And obviously, people will say we've had the easy. We've beat champions of of each country that we've played. Um, we beat the Italian champions. We beat the in incoming Italian champions, I don't know if AC Milan won it yesterday or not. Portuguese, you know, Spanish teams and stuff like that. We we've played our part along the way, and it's just how we how we see our season is like if we don't win the league, the Champions League or the European Cup, as it was, is always our goal, and that's why we've got six in the bag and hopefully number seven next week. It's it's what we live and die for is is trophies, but. It takes it, as you say, back to the connection to the city and the, the culture and the heritage of us. As we do so, see ourselves as more European or like connected closely to Irish people or Scots and stuff. Yeah. That's why we value the European Cup, I think, a lot more than what teams like Man City will because, well, they yeah. boo UEFA because, you know, they were doing the right thing and trying to punish them for cheating. Um, but it, it, it's just it's just a something different. It's what we, we want more and that'll be lauded and celebrated just as much as a league title would be if not more because as you say it's to, to be the best in your country is one thing but to be the best in Europe is something else yeah and I think I think when when we started winning it as well the only way you could get into the Champions League when it wasn't called the Champions League was to be champions you had to you had to have either won your league or to have won the European Cup the year before so you either had to be your country's league champions or the European champions to get in and that's that's how we got in for our first our first sort of times that we won it and it was only it was only in Istanbul really that we kind of got in without being the champions already so it's that that heritage that that foundation of our European Cups has been won off the back of us being you know right up there and I know football's changed now because you can get in the Champions League finishing in the top four. It, you can get in the Champions League easier or more easily, but it's still an achievement to get in there. It's still an achievement to be involved. And now there's so many more games to play as well. And according to what UEFA are trying to do, the, the, the UEFA who were totally against the Super League because the way it was going to have fans fleeced, uh, UEFA wants to have even more games, don't they? And they want to really change the format of the Champions League, which I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, that UEFA who are for fans who've only give us nineteen thousand tickets next That's week in a way, yeah. in an eighty thousand seat stadium or something like that. Like, you know, we haven't even got a, like a quarter. Like, I seen our ticket allocation, and it's not even like it doesn't even cover the whole end of one one end of the ground. It's sort of like sliced off. Like that's how bad it is. It's it's awful. Like, but you know, UEFA are the saviors of football, as you say, and do everything for the football family and for the fans, but. Yeah. I mean, it's asking for trouble. I mean, it's like that with the tickets. This is one of the other things that winds me up. Like, whoever's got those tickets, right? They're either got lucky in, in the ballot and they don't, and they're going to end up in maybe a so called neutral zone, or they got them off sponsors. Basically, most of the people who got hold of those tickets aren't going to be using those tickets because they, they just tried it. You know, there'll be fans of any other English club who was in the Champions League group stages still. Uh, knockout stages by the time that ballot was could be applied for will have had a go. And now they'll be trying to get rid of them because they won't want to go to Paris to watch Liverpool against Real Madrid. There'll be so many tickets like that. Who's, whose hands are they going to end up in? They're going to end up in the hands of touts and all the rest of it. Who's going to look after whether there's any segregation or anything? You know, the usual stuff you have at football games. To me, it's another way that UEFA is just totally out of touch. Just, just thinking of money. It took them, took them a while to get round to getting rid of Russian teams and things like that, didn't it? You know, they were the way after the Ukraine war, they weren't in any rush to kind of deal with that. It's just UEFA, but. 
despite that, <laughs> despite UEFA being what they are, it's still they, they're not they're not the, they're not the thing. I always think sometimes with football clubs, the club isn't the same as the PLC that's behind the club. Like with Manchester United, as much as I hate them. Man United is a football club and also a company, and they're not the, they, those two things aren't the same. That was how it was with Liverpool. Even though I think now Liverpool as a company is much more aligned with Liverpool as a club, but European cups and things like that. The UEFA, the people in Switzerland, they are not the European Cup. The European Cup is all those amazing, legendary nights that we've been involved in and other clubs have been involved in. And maybe there's another one coming up. I don't know. It's just. Just it's, it's getting exciting. I mean, it's, it's the game I've looked forward to most. I would say this season, especially once you were in there. It's just it's the way to round off a, an amazing year and then just let these players go off and have some some summer sunshine and a bit of a rest after what's been never ending time for them. Yeah, I mean, there's only two clubs in Europe who get to play next weekend, and it's us and Madrid, and that that's like the epitome of football. If you can reach that game. Because it's 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 what wraps up the season. It's it, it's the pinnacle. Obviously, there's there's other there's other games and playoffs and stuff like that. But at the top end of the, the game, like, you know, the, the big boys as such, to get to that point and play that game just shows how good a season you must have had. I know teams have got there in the past, and you could even look at like the likes of Istanbul run and say, you know, we weren't the best team in the land, but we got there by hook or by crook. But you're there on merit. You, you get to that game and you know just looking at Madrid like what they've gone through like especially late winners and extra time goals and stuff like they've gone through the mire to get there more than we have that, that there's no denying that but it's it's the pinnacle and it's what what football's all about if you if you can be in that game it's it's watched by so many people the fact that it's us and Madrid I think just adds to that even more. I think if it was Man City and PSG, for example, uh, or even like last season was Man City and Chelsea, wasn't it? I went camping. I didn't even watch the game um, because <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was no interest to me. No. Had, had it been Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, you think, yeah, I'm interested in that because the two football and establishments, the two greats of the game, where City and Chelsea doesn't whet the appetite. You see that in the Premier League. You know, It's not what you want in the European Cup, you do want European competition, and the fact that you know the biggest club in England, arguably probably the biggest club in the world, and Real Madrid, you know, are coming head to head, and obviously all the poetic stuff, as we said, with eighty-one and it being in Paris and whatever. It, it's just, you know, it, at the moment today, you feel a bit like down because of what happened yesterday. But come tomorrow or come Wednesday, you'll be right back up for that. Like as soon as that. Games that's coming about, all the the TV coverage, you know, the, the press conferences, the pictures, the training, stuff like that, and you know, the, there's been a little bit of news leaked today that Thiago might not be as bad as we first feared. Fabinho mm. should be okay. You know, if we can, do we just want to get out there and put our best eleven out, our best boys? Because we know we're better than them, as good as Real Madrid are, as good as the stars and the players that they've got on the day. There's no one like us, and that that's what gets you excited. We 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 deserve it. Because we've worked so hard, we've played sixty-three games at the end of the season. We've done every game possible. We've wrapped up two cups. We went toe-to-toe in the league, and we we deserve the good stuff because we've we've worked so hard for it. We've been, as we said, we've been down the dumps. We've been through the through the mire, and this is this is what football's all about: winning the big things. And yeah, we just gotta make sure we we enjoy it because if if the result is not what it, what it is we've we've had that before we know we can pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and come back again next year because we've done it before but the form book says we'll be fine yeah i mean i think I think today i mean the players themselves after after yesterday whatever the whatever the outcome of yesterday today would have been a recovery day they wouldn't be they wouldn't be sort of doing full on training today it would be recovery doing the work that you do to get your muscles in the right place to kind of get over that game and start mo- moving towards the next one and I think as fans it's our recovery day and maybe maybe as fans we can have a couple of recovery days just as long as we're ready by the end of the week by by the weekend because you know whether whether it's kind of you the, the people who are lucky enough to be in the ground and lucky enough to manage to get 
to prize a ticket out of UEFA's tight-fisted hands, or whether you're a fan at home, somewhere, anywhere else in the world on the TV. I don't know. There's, there's times I think there's like a collective power of Liverpool fans that, you know, sometimes the 12th man can even extend outside the ground, which I know Evertonians will be dying to hear people say stuff like that because they have this opinion that Liverpool are only supported by people who watch the Montelli because, yeah, because that's why the ground's sold out every week, isn't it? Home and away. Every single Liverpool ticket gets sold. But that's the thing is that you could not, I mean, as much as we, we, we criticise UEFA, you literally could not make a stadium big enough to put every Liverpool fan in it that would like to be there. Um, it's, it's just not, not possible. It just would not work. I mean, if, if you could make a stadium big enough, you wouldn't be able to see the pitch. You'd be that far away. But that's that's by the by. We're, we're going to be up for this. We're going to... Whatever happens, I, I think we've just got an amazing chance of doing it. It won't be easy. No foregone conclusion. We've got to be careful not to let what happened last time we played them sort of make us you know put a mist over our eyes of what we need to do we need to play our own game to be patient and to show them you know show them what we are show them why we've been so feared by so many clubs this season show them why we won every game in our group stage we, we think, are not bad yeah. we've got to take a little bit of yesterday into next week that we've just got to do our job hmm. like whatever happened at the SE had happened and you know, we got excited, we thought it was on, then it wasn't, and whatever. And we, we had to just do our job. And the scenes in the ground, when obviously like goals were going in at the Etihad, was a rollercoaster of emotions. I've said, like, you know, you're going absolutely crazy because Villa have gone 2 0 up. But at the time, we still weren't winning the league because we were drawing ourselves. So we had to just do our job. And what this club what this team have got and what Klopp and his, his management staff have put in place is the cliche of mentality monsters, but it's it's a winning mentality. It's a professional mentality. It's what the, they know what they need to do, the, the job in hand and the task in hand. And more often than not, we get that job and task in hand done. Um, like yesterday wasn't easy. And obviously there was a lot of emotion and it, it will spill out into players. It's only natural. It's only human. But, we still got to do our business and I think at the end it was, you know, the inevitable happened but we, we were just more proud of, of what we did because we we done our job and that's all we could have done. We couldn't have changed anything else. It would have been a bonus had Villa actually got anything but deep down as professionals, as people, as fans, we, we knew the chances of Villa going in actually getting some, especially when the keeper weren't even, the regular keeper weren't even playing was very, very slow, slim. So we just had to do our business, and we did. And um, Yeah, it, it's a recovery day for, for everybody, but I think what, what Klopp and his team will have is he'll have them players drilled and their heads screwed on from tomorrow, fully focused on Saturday. And it, it won't be easy, but I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that you know we come out with a positive result because we're such a good football team. We, we've built this this monster of a club and the machine and a team that we, we will eventually we'll find a way because we always do there's so many ways to skin a cat and we, we've done them all and we've been through everything that we will we will just find a way no matter what I think yeah, I agree. I think I think like the, the the Istanbul was a bit of a scrappy game. You know, we were sort of punching above our weight. And what kind of won as that was? We came out in the second half and did you know just keep going, keep trying, keep plugging away. You don't know what's going to happen. You never know what what will be unless you try. And you've just got to try. You can't get anything unless you try. We tried in Istanbul and we came back from three nil down and ended up winning it against all the odds. And it's a night none of us will ever 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 forget. Maybe that's what it's going to be this weekend. The, the way we played Sunday against Wolves was we didn't know what was going to happen at, at the Etihad. We knew what we had to do to give ourselves any chance of winning the league, and we did that. And the way we did that, despite Wolves, to be honest, playing really well defensively and looking really threatening whenever they were they were counter-attacking, we still managed to keep them at bay enough and, and to get the goals in. And I think, yeah, Real Madrid, a different test, different, different question, different place, different stadium. I'm just... I'm just... I just don't feel we'll have the nerves that we've had in the past at finals, or I hope we don't. I do think a lot of players are kind of being taken off as precautions. Like I do hope, I thought that with Thiago, that it was more of let's not risk it. This game, with slim chance of winning the league, better saving him for the Champions League where we've got every chance of winning it. And I think that'll be the same with all the players that have kind of been missing recently, that we'll be able to get them back. And the truth is, 
Klopp will then have a big job on his hands deciding who who to leave out, who, who can't fit on the bench and who can come on if they need them off the bench. It's just another fascinating week. And that's the thing about being a Liverpool fan is you get this so often, don't you? Um, I think I better let you go and rest your voice because, you know, you need it. You need to get some honey or whatever and uh, get it rested before the weekend, get it recovered. Yeah, I mean, next weekend's going to be an invasion of anything. I mean, you were saying about can we get enough, can we get a ground big enough? No, because I don't think you can probably underestimate how many people are going next week. The fact that it's mm. Paris as well, it's so close. Like, I think we took about 100,000 to Madrid. I'd estimate more are going next week. And, you know, as with the team, as as we've touched on before, we, we find a way. There's, there's so many ways that people are going over next weekend. So, you know, to anyone who is going over, enjoy it if you've got a ticket. Like, you're blessed and you're very lucky. And go and come out of the game with a voice like mine because that's what you've got to do. Um, and if you haven't, find somewhere nice to watch it with friends, family, whoever you're going with and enjoy the moment. If you're not fortunate enough to be going over, then, you know, Again, just enjoy the game, watch it on, on telly or laptop or computer, however you however you need must, because there's there's a way to find football everywhere these days. It's it's gonna be in a game not to be missed. I think regardless of you know, the outcome and we, we all hope it's a Liverpool one, I think what's on show is is two great teams and it'll be a good a good game of football. It won't be anything like the was it twenty eighteen um game when we lost, I think it was. It won't be anything like that. Like, that one was a bit of an anomaly and, you know, Salah going off and, and keeping uh, issues and stuff like that. I don't think it'd be anything like that now. We're, we're a different animal now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something to look forward to. And, yeah, we, we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks once we've rested our voices and recovered and we get into the silly season of summer transfers and whatever. And yeah. uh, ironically enough, we've announced one today, the one that we all... You know, knew what's happening in Fabio Carvalho, but it shows a, a mark of intent from this club that we're not going to stand and let things happen around us, that we are making strides and we will always continue to be better. Yeah, not just short-term thinking, but long-term thinking. We're thinking about the now, the the near future and the, and the longer future. And, and that that is why I think we, we came so close to winning everything because in the in the January window, when other clubs might have said, uh, what's the point, it's January, you never get anything good in January, we proved them wrong, wrong yet again with Luis Diaz, another one of our amazing January signings that we just seem to find the right ones. And, you know, the team that was in development last time out when we played Real Madrid in the final, is is a, it's a different beast now. We're definitely not a team in development, but we're a team in a way that's always going to be developing, just like all these amazing stories have developed and they keep on developing. For now, though, um, maybe maybe if you're in Liverpool on Sunday, maybe there'll be a bus tour and maybe we'll see you there if, you, if you're around. But you know what? Whatever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Enjoy every bit of it. And when we do next speak to you, well, you know what? We'll be able to look back on a season that we'll never forget. But for now, for me and Jay, that's it. And we will see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. And find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.